Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I really appreciate you guys' continued support on the show. We're almost up to 200 downloads uh, on audio platforms. The YouTube channel's been doing really well. The Clips channel's been doing really well. And yeah, I appreciate it a lot. Uh, this episode will be uploaded on Monday. This is going to be off schedule. I just had a lot going on. I had a big trip to New Jersey to get my cat. And I've just been really busy. School is starting soon, so I'm going to continue to try to bring you guys consistent content. But bear with me. If you want to keep up with what's going on, just uh, follow my Instagram at the Under Pressure Podcast one And you can look on my stories and you'll always be kept up to date with what's going on. But yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, we got some games that happened. Uh, we got the NBA players boycotting for a certain amount of time. We got the Yannick Ngakwa in trade. And we got six scouting reports, so yeah, let's get right into it. First, I want to talk about uh, my thoughts on the NBA players boycotting games. Uh, I really like this move from the NBA, especially from the uh, Bucks starting this all, because they had a player who had uh, dealt with some police brutality in the past, uh, Sterling Brown, and it just made sense. It seemed like the right move to just take a break, uh, put the focus fully on the issues that are at hand in our country right now, and also to give them some time to just think about uh, a better way to spread awareness because a lot of the things that the NBA is doing right now seem pretty forced. So it just gives them some time to try and uh, figure out a more genuine way to uh, bring awareness and get people to vote, all that sort of stuff. So I like the move from the NBA, especially with a team like the Bucks doing that. I think they're all well in their right to do whatever uh, they think is the best idea. And yeah, I'm fully in support of the NBA players. And I think they have all the right to talk about this, uh, spread as much awareness as they can, and uh, boycott any more games if they want to in the future. Hopefully they won't have to. Hopefully they feel like they can uh, still play games yet, still have an outlet, and still keep the focus on the issues that are at hand. And yeah, I like this move from the NBA. I think it was a smart move for these teams just to take a little break, uh, take a step back. Because uh, when Kyrie Irving was talking about this, which I feel like Kyrie Irving owes an apology from a lot of people when he was talking about this potentially being a distraction, it definitely has been. Like, if I look on my Twitter timeline, it's been all basketball, and it's back to being mostly basketball. So I like them uh, just trying to put more focus on this, trying to... Uh, handle these issues and especially in a predominantly african-american league uh, in a predominantly minority league trying to figure out uh, how to spread awareness and how to try and uh, stop the issues at hand day by day moving on uh, i want to talk about some of the games that did happen after those uh, boycotted games first we got the magic first bucks uh, this was actually a close game for a good bit the magic uh, the Magic just couldn't close it out. Giannis was phenomenal this game. 28-17, uh, three assists. Uh, was in foul trouble a bit, but another great game from Giannis. He's been playing so well uh, throughout the playoffs so far. Chris Middleton is continuing to look more and more like himself each game, uh, putting up a pretty efficient uh, 21. I still don't know how confident I really am going into this Heat series especially, but hopefully he's uh, starting to get rolling, starting to get some momentum. Uh, the Bucks' role players are definitely getting momentum, playing well. Uh, George Hill had a great game off the bench. Marvin Williams hit four of his five threes. And I like what I've seen from the Bucks. Uh, they look like they're starting to roll. And the Magic actually did fight pretty well this game. 
Uh, Nikola Vucevic definitely struggled this game. 3 of 10 from 3, uh, 9 of 25 from the field. But uh, a guy like Terrence Ross stepped up, played pretty well off the bench. TJ Augustine played well off the bench. Uh, they played as good as defense as they could on Giannis. And uh, this Magic team has a lot of stuff that is very interesting going into their future, especially with the Jonathan Isaac injury. Without the Jonathan Isaac injury, uh, this, their future would be completely different for me. I would want them to trade a guy like Nikola Vucevic, uh, trade a guy like Aaron Gordon, but it's kind of weird right now, and they're in a very weird spot with Jonathan Isaac being injured for sure just because I don't know what's going through their headspace. Like, I would try and uh, – I would definitely try and rebuild – just because they've been stuck in this middle for two years now. And that's the worst place to be in as an NBA franchise. Because you're not uh, at the top. You're not competing for a championship. You're not even a team like the Pacers, who's just always a very solid playoff team that could maybe make it to the second round, maybe make it to the conference finals on an off year. Uh, you're just a team that's like an eighth or seventh seed. You're going to get like the 15th pick. You're not going to be able to draft a star player, even if they do. Uh, they've never been able to develop talent very well, and even if they do develop that talent, their front office has never been able to really keep it. So I just would love to see them go in a full tank direction because with this current roster, they're not going anywhere. They just have way too many just solid players where with this roster, they're never going to be a bad team. They're never, never going to be a bottom feeder, which means they're just going to keep getting average picks. They're going to get players who are probably just going to be solid, and they're going to be in this constant rotation of being a seventh to ninth seed, being a first round exit, and then getting like the 15th or 16th pick. I just think it's a really bad place to be in, in a really bad direction as an M NBA team. I would just go fully in on the young talent. Uh, guys like Marco Fultz have showed some nice signs this year. Uh, I really like Mo Bamba a lot. I like Jonathan Isaac a lot, even though his health is definitely very worrying. But I just want to see them really pick a defined direction. And I think the only direction they can that is defined is going down. Because there's no wiggle room to make this team exponentially better than they are right now. You could maybe get slightly better. Uh, you'll have your rookie who was injured all of this year coming back. Uh, you'll have Jonathan Isaac come back probably the year after this one. Maybe Aaron Gordon gets improved. Uh, gets improved you can really only hope for at this point internal improvement hope guys like Mo Bamba will improve but I really just think they need to tank and draft a true star player because the direction they're going in right now they're not going to go anywhere uh, they're very much in the Spurs situation that the Spurs have been in the last year and I just think that's such a bad place to be in as a franchise because again you're just so directionless you're not going in any direction you're just kind of there not doing anything and they don't really have a young guy that they can just believe on to be like yeah this is this is our star player like i like mark Fultz. i think mark Fultz is going to be very solid but i don't think he'll ever be uh an upper tier all-star maybe he could be like a guy that could sneak in and make it w once or twice but I don't think he'll ever be an upper tier all-star, even though I really like Mo Bamba. And I think Mo Bamba has a ton of potential. Uh, with Nikola Vucevic on this roster, he's incredibly limited because they can't play together. And Nikola Vucevic is a great player. 
especially if they want to win, you're going to need to play Nikola Vucevic because he helps them win. He's the reason why they've been so good. He's a big reason in that. Uh, a guy like Evan Fournier will be up for a new contract sooner rather than later. He's a very solid player, but he's also around like the 28-ish age where he's probably not going to get any better, and even if he does, it's going to be very marginally. Uh, a guy like Terrence Ross is as good as he's ever going to be. DJ Augustine will be a free agent. And uh, if you look down this roster, they really don't have a guy that you can just be like, yeah, that's going to be our star player. That's going to be our 25-point score going into the future. You can be like, oh, Jonathan Isaac, he's going to be one of the best defenders in the league. He's going to be a solid enough offensive player as long as he stays healthy. Markel Fultz could maybe be like an 18-point score, average around 6.5 assists on good defense. Uh, you could believe Mo Bamba is going to be a great defender who can also stretch the floor and uh, maybe do some things in the post as he continues to put on weight. But you don't see that true number one guy. And I think they need to go fully in the direction of getting that number one guy. Or they're just going to be stuck in the middle and they're not going to go anywhere for multiple years. They're going to be uh, swamped in cap. So it's not like they can even sign a big free agent. And yeah, I really don't like the direction the uh, the Magic are going in. I'd love to see them switch it up because I just don't see them going anywhere from here, to be totally honest. Uh, moving on to the second game of the day, we got Thunder versus Rockets. Uh, this was Russell Westbrook's return game. He definitely struggled in his return game. Shot only 3 of 13, 0 of 2 from 3. Uh, but it was kind of expected. It's a very big injury that he had. Well, not very big, but a pretty big injury in the quad injury. And he's a player who uh, relies on his athleticism and you definitely could still, uh, tell he was just uh, easing back in, didn't really have that step, was kind of struggling to finish at the basket. He just needs to get that rust off, to be totally honest. And I think he'll be good. He was playing phenomenal with the small ball. This team uh, fits his play style so well. So I'm not worried about Russell Westbrook at all. Uh, it'll be nice to have another game before the second round uh, or uh, – two more games before the second round just to ease him in, uh, just to get him back to playing like the Russell Westbrook we saw where he was averaging like 30 points per game, uh, getting to the basket at will, finishing great, uh, shooting the mid-range very well. But I'm not worried about Russell Westbrook. It was nice to see him back on the court, and I think he'll be uh, back in rhythm, playing a lot better next game and in the games in the future. Uh, James Harden, also phenomenal game uh, for the Rockets. Very, very efficient. Love to see that from James Harden. Harden, uh, 73% from the field, uh, 50% from three, hit five of his six free throws, uh, got five assists, scored 31 in only 28 minutes. A very, very good game from him. Uh, I saw Robert Covington have a good game that I've been waiting for uh, him to have for a while. He had some pretty rough shooting games uh, so far throughout the bubble, but he had a great game. Uh, last game he played pretty well too, so it seems like he's – uh, getting some momentum, playing pretty well. Uh, scored 22, hit six of his 11 threes, playing great defense like always. And Robert Covington, very nice player for them. He's been playing his heart out at that center position or power forward, depending on uh, what you think he is. Uh, Eric Gordon had another pretty solid game. He's been struggling a lot this whole entire season, but he's starting to seem to catch some momentum too. And it just seems like this whole Rockets team is really in momentum. Uh, Jeff Green had another bad game. But he's been playing pretty well throughout the playoffs. Uh, Daniel House had a bad game, but he's another player who's been playing great through the playoffs. And I just really like what I've seen from this Rockets teams uh, throughout the playoffs so far. They've played great. Uh, their offense was phenomenal this game. 
the three-point shooting is great. And if they're shooting threes at the rate they are and they're shooting a solid enough percentage, there's a good chance they're going to win every game. And while they do scare me because they are the total definition of live by the three and die by the three, where they can go on these stretches where just nothing is working for them and they can just go scoreless or score very little for a long amount of time and uh, can really let a team come back where I don't really trust the Rockets with any lead, uh, no matter how big it is, just because I never know when the threes might just stop hitting and they're going to go on this cold streak. But I do like a lot that they have Russell Westbrook uh, on their team and he's back just to give them a different dynamic. Uh, He'll be a player who they're fine with taking mid-ranges. He'll really speed up the pace, get to the basket at will, and I like that he's back because that can really uh, change that live by the three and die by the three. And I hope to see that in the next series because I do believe they're going to finish off this Thunder team. The Rockets have just been playing great basketball. I think they're going to give the Lakers a great fight. Uh, I'm very confident in this team. I just love what I've been seeing from James Harden. He's playing some of the best basketball of his career. Even if his stats aren't looking the best, he's been very efficient. Uh, playing solid enough defense, facilitating well. He's just playing great basketball. Hopefully, Russell Westbrook will be playing great. And as long as their shooters keep shooting well, uh, keep this confidence up, I really believe in this Rockets team. Moving on to the Thunder side. Man, this was a rough, rough, rough game to watch for them. They only scored 80 points. They just really couldn't get anything going offensively. Uh, Luguen Store, even though he's a phenomenal defender, his offense really needs to come along. It's still far behind his defense. Uh, very Andre Roberson-like, even though he's a lot more confident in his three-point shooting ability. He shot uh, only 3 of 16, 0 of 9 from 3, and they were just letting him shoot. And while he was still shooting, he was still keeping that confidence, which you like to see out of a young player who was undrafted and has a lot to lose. Uh, you obviously want to see him hit the shots 0 of 9 and 3 of 16. He was missing some easy layups. Uh, His confidence didn't seem to fully be there. Still playing great defense, even though James Harden had a great game. Sometimes with a player just as great as Harden, you really can't do much about that. So hopefully his offense can come around, because if he does, he's going to be one of the best role players in the entire league, especially with how ferocious he is on defense. Uh, Chris Paul just had a pretty all right game. Nothing special, nothing uh, stand out bad. It was just an all right game. Shea was in foul trouble and uh, just really didn't play that well. Only two of eight, 0 4 from three, only scored four points. Danilo Gallinari was uh, really looking rough out there when he was playing. 0 5 from the field, 0 3 from three. Uh, it just wasn't a very good game from the Thunder overall. I mean, Steven Adams played pretty well. Uh, sorry if you can hear the noises from my cat in the background. Sorry about that. Uh, Dennis Schroeder played well, even though he punched P.J. Tucker's in the balls, which was a really dirty play. I don't like to see that at all from them. But it was just a rough game overall from the Thunder, man. Uh, Darius Baisley, 2 of 10. They just really couldn't hit their shots. Only shot 31% from the field. That is an atrocity. Shot 15% from three. Just overall really rough game. Even from the free throw line, like uh, 65%. They just couldn't get things going. Had seven more turnovers than assists. Uh, didn't play very good defense. It was just overall a rough game for them. Hopefully they can bounce back and make this a seven-game series because it was extremely unencouraging uh, seeing what was going on there for sure. But uh, moving on to the last game of yesterday, we got the Trail Blazers versus the Lakers. 
Now, this was actually a much closer game than I expected it to be. Obviously, the Trailblazers were missing uh, Damian Lillard, but Carmelo had another phenomenal game for them. Uh, played great during the bubble. Definitely showed that he deserves to be on an NBA roster. I expect the Portland Trailblazers to definitely re-sign him. He really seems to uh, feel what they going on what they got going on there they seem to really like him uh cj had a phenomenal game 36 points uh 52 from the field got to the free throw line was uh uh passing more he was playing more of that point guard role without damian lillard anthony simons was good off the bench which i like to see i really like anthony simons i just don't know how much i like him necessarily on this team uh, because they're so stacked at the guard position i just don't know if he's ever going to be able to get that opportunity where he's going to be able to shine. But I think he may have some good trade value for them. I'd like to see him, uh, see them trade him and maybe some other pieces for a better defensive wing because I don't think he's ever going to get the opportunity to really show what he's got here. Yusuf Nurkic didn't look great again. Uh, definitely in the offseason, just needs to get back into that basketball shape. Get this uh, stamina back for sure. And then LeBron and AD were absolutely dominant this game. They seem to got... Uh, some great confidence right now. LeBron is playing some phenomenal basketball, scoring 36 points on almost 74% for the field, hitting four of seven threes, uh, getting a triple-double with 10 rebounds and 10 assists as well. Just playing phenomenal. Anthony Davis has uh, absolutely dominated this team. 43 points, uh, 11 of 13 from the free throw line. He's been doing a great job of getting to the free throw line. Uh, even hit four of his six threes. It'll be interesting in a matchup, again, where I expect the Rockets to face them, just how dominant Anthony Davis can be. Because even though I do think the Rockets have a lot of guys who give a ton of effort uh, and have a lot of heart, guys like P.J. Tucker, guys like Robert Covington, they're just honestly too small for Anthony Davis. Because the thing is, uh, they're playing the Thunder, and obviously the Thunder have a traditional center in Steven Adams, but Steven Adams isn't a post center. He's a guy you use in the pick and roll, and he's a guy who just uh, is a great defender, gets re- rebounds but Anthony Davis is a truly transcendent offensive talent one of the best offensive big men we've ever seen just so skilled can do so much great at getting to the free throw line a phenomenal defender uh we'll be able to match up with the Rockets with him playing center because he can still guard on the perimeter well I think he's going to be a matchup nightmare for the Rockets uh even though I think they'll be able to play good defense on LeBron but I'm previewing that series too much uh, other than that, the uh, KCP played well. Danny Green, another bad game. He just seems to really have lost it. Uh, one of six from three. He's really only had one good game so far. Kyle Kuzma had another uh, rough game. He had, really hasn't played well in the playoffs after looking pretty good in the seeding game. So that's a bit worrying for them for sure going into the uh, next round because he could be a big X factor off their bench. But overall, this Lakers team, they didn't play great. They didn't play terrible. Uh, did shoot 39% from three, which you like to see because that's a big worry for them. Shot over 80% for the free throw line. Another thing you like to see because that definitely is a thing they can struggle with at times. But they played uh, solid enough defense. Uh, they played pretty well this series. Obviously, the first game was a bit of a scare. They definitely didn't play their best basketball that first game. But since then, they've played great. Uh, and they could definitely win this championship. They're one of the teams that are definitely up there for me. It's kind of, for me, it's the top two of Lakers and Clippers, and then it falls off. Again, I've I talked about this not a, a large amount of times. I'm not a big believer in the Bucks, but I do believe in the Lakers and Clippers. They, uh, The Lakers especially, great momentum right now. I think they're going to play very well throughout this whole playoffs. We've really seen uh, LeBron, 
uh, playoff LeBron unlocked, which I was definitely waiting for, and I was a little worried that it, it wasn't really coming. And then Anthony Davis, man, such a dominant player, has really taken advantage of the Blazers' lack of defense, and I think he'll definitely continue to do that because he's a matchup nightmare for almost every team they face. The only team that he uh, won't be a matchup nightmare against is the Bucks. But other than that, he's just such a great uh, offensive player, uh, truly special talent, and I love what I saw from Anthony Davis so far. Great stuff from him right there. Now we got a game that I was absolutely loving to watch. We got the Boston Celtics versus the Toronto Raptors. A phenomenal performance from the Boston Celtics. Uh, just truly elite stuff from them right there. Uh, scoring 112 points, holding the Raptors to only 94. Jalen Brown played a great game. Well, not a great game, but he started out very well, was very confident. I love what I uh, saw from him just as far as confidence goes. Sometimes his shot can be a little inconsistent. Sometimes he can struggle. But just seeing that confidence, uh, him continuing to go at it, play good defense, I like to see that from him. Jason Tatum just played a pretty solid game. 9 of 18 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3. A solid enough game from him, playing good defense. Uh, I definitely expect him to step up and play better in other games, but they were definitely doubling him a lot, uh, making it tough for him, um, forcing him to be a bit more of a passer and uh, less of a scorer, but he still played well. Uh, Daniel Tice was great, getting 15 rebounds, really uh, fighting on the defensive end. He's definitely not as big of a liability as he was in the 76ers series, because they don't really have a true dominant post big. They have good big man for sure, but none of them will uh, just kill you in the post. And I just like what I saw from him. He fought really hard that game. Uh, Marcus Smart had a great game, 6 of 10 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3. As long as Marcus Smart is hitting his threes at a good enough rate, he's going to be so great for the Celtics team in the playoffs. Uh, everybody knows what he brings out of the defensive end. He's a great just locker room guy. Everybody loves Marcus Smart on the Celtics team. Uh, he's a very solid facilitator as well. I just love what I saw from him. If he's hitting his threes, he's going to be so good for the Celtics. And if he's hitting his threes, it's going to be nice because they can keep him in for uh, long stretches. And he's always just going to make these impact plays that may not show up as much on the box score, but will show up if you're watching the game. And, yeah, love Mark Smart. Love how he played. Uh, Kemba Walker played phenomenal this game. He was doing such a good job of facilitating. Loved what I saw from him as a passer. Uh, 10 assists. Uh, scored 18. Shot 6 of 11. 4 of 7 from 3. It was kind of just letting the other guys do their thing. But also uh, getting his own shot at times. Love what I saw from him. Robert Williams played some great, really effective minutes off the bench. Uh, hitting all five of his shots. Scoring 10 points. Playing solid defense. Uh, getting five rebounds, getting two blocks. I just love what I saw from Robert Williams. Brought some great energy because uh, Tice is kind of always in foul trouble. That's kind of always his issue is that even though I think he's a pretty smart defender, he just seems to get in foul trouble a lot. And it's nice to see uh, Robert Williams just playing these smaller stints. I don't think you can play Robert Williams in big stints yet because he's still a young player, uh, especially at the big man position. It's a big learning curve on defense where I think he has a ton of defensive potential and he's a phenomenal athlete already a solid defender uh but his big issue is fouling so when he's playing in these small spurts you don't really see that as much and he just plays good basketball uh and as long as these role players do solid enough the celtics are going to be uh fine because the 
Uh, starters are playing great basketball. They're really all on a roll. Uh, I think their confidence is all through the roof. Kemba is so happy to be on a winning team finally, playing meaning basketball and playing meaning basketball very well. Uh, Kem uh, Smart is a dog. Jalen Brown is way more aggressive than I've seen him in previous years. The most aggressive I've seen him in a while. He's just playing uh, super aggressive basketball, trying to get his shots. Uh, sometimes they're just not going to fall. 6 of 18, rough game from uh, there. But he was being super aggressive, uh, taking nine threes. Love to see that. He was uh, getting to uh, the mid-range spot. Like to see that, creating his own shot. And I like what I saw from him, even if the shots didn't fall. I think they'll fall more in future games, and as long as he keeps that same aggression, it'll be nice. Uh, other than uh, Robert Williams, no one really stepped up on the bench other than him for the Celtics. I mean, Brad Wanamaker hit two of his four threes, uh, got six rebounds. But other than that, nothing really stood out on the bench. And then on the Raptors, a lot of their issues really came to fruition. Uh, in the preview, if you watch uh, that part of the podcast where I was talking about uh, Celtics versus Raptors, the biggest issue was me was – uh, the lack of momentum Pascal Siakam has had. He already slowed down a ton from the start of the season and definitely cooled off. And then in the bubble, he has really looked way worse than he has in the regular season. And I'm worried. Like, a lot of people are just saying, like, oh, just give him time. He'll be fine. But, man, 5 of 16, 0 of 3 from 3, uh, 4 fouls. He was in foul trouble very early. And I think his... A just lack of shot creation with him being the number one guy is really uh, showing and proving to be a massive problem right now. Uh, he really doesn't have many moves, even though he's improved a ton as a shot creator. He's definitely not someone I'd want as the guy to create shots. And they definitely have other guys who can create shots. But just everybody on this Raptors team was struggling because they're a pretty average to slightly below average uh, team in the half court. And they really thrive in transition. And the Celtics are one of the best transition defenses in the whole league, which makes sense because they got uh, so many wings that are uber athletic. They got guys who play super hard on the defensive end. So that really makes sense. And it really showed to be a huge problem. Uh, Kyle Lowry was decent. Uh, shot one of five from three, only shot five of 12 from the field, uh, got eight assists, played solid enough, was in a bit of foul trouble too. Fred Van Vliet had a really, really rough game, just couldn't get things going. Three of 16, two of 11 from three, a really rough game from him there. I expect him to play way better. Uh, Marcus Gasol was just kind of there. He's, especially offensively, he's just kind of there. Uh, Ojeana Nobi was pretty solid, playing some good defense on Jason Tatum uh, when he was matched up, playing good defense on Jalen Brown when he was matched up. But this uh, Raptors team, just the lack of half-court offense is something that uh, I've talked about a lot, the lack of shot creation, something I've talked about a lot, and it's just a big issue for me. They have a lot of talented guys. They have a great coach. Uh, I think uh, they'll make a lot of adjustments because Nick Nurse is a coach who – is a very adaptive who won't go with the same game plan he did there. I think they'll probably double uh, Tatum less because it's hard to double Tatum on this Celtics team where they have so many weapons. And uh, I think they'll still make it hard for him. 
I think he'll probably try and uh, get them in transition more as much as they can, even though the Celtics do a pretty good job of limiting turnovers and then getting back on defense. So it's uh, worrying for the Raptors. If I'm a Raptors fan, I wouldn't overreact necessarily, but I'd definitely be a good bit worried just because uh, while I think they'll definitely play better, their issues were fully on display in this game. And the Celtics have been one of the teams that have given them the most problems this whole year. I know uh, they were missing two, uh, they were missing Pascal two of the games they've played, but the Celtics have played phenomenal every time they've played the Raptors. The only two teams, well, the only two games the Raptors have lost in this whole bubble so far, including the playoffs, they're eleven and two, are both to the Celtics. The Celtics just match up really well with this Raptors team, especially. Like, now with uh, Gordon Hayward being out and Marcus Smart stepping into that starting lineup, he's giving Fred VanVleet hell. I think Fred VanVleet will play way better, but he's playing great defense on Fred VanVleet. Uh, they had Kyle Lowry on Tatum for a certain point, which I thought was a weird decision. They definitely had some weird matchups out there. I expect them to switch things up. I expect them to play better basketball. They're a great basketball team. This is why I had this series going seven. But the Celtics played phenomenal. I still have them winning this series. I could even see it going six. And I just love what I saw from the Celtics team. They are rolling right now. They have so much confidence. They're playing some of the best basketball that they have all year, even without uh, one of their best players in Gordon Hayward, which you just love to see. Uh, everyone in the starting lineup is stepping up big. You'd love to see the bench step up more. But this is just kind of how this Boston Celtics team runs. They're going to be a team that relies a lot on their starters. Uh, they're going to be a team that you really just need all those five guys to play good games, especially uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker. On offensively, you need them to step up, play well. Uh, you need Kemba. Uh, you need Marcus Smart to play on the defensive end, which he always will. Uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, both phenomenal defenders. And I think that was a big reason why uh, a guy like Pascal Siakam struggled too because the Celtics were giving him a lot of different looks. They even had Marcus Smart on him for some plays, and Marcus Smart was playing good defense. Jason Tatum's a great defender. And I just love what I saw from the Celtics team. I'm very confident in them. This is probably the most confident I've ever been as a Celtics fan Uh Ever since I became a real basketball fan, I just there's just a certain feeling about this team that I just love, especially with the way Kemba Walker's playing. The way Kemba Walker's been playing has been extremely impressive. And the way Jason Tatum has played this whole bubble, uh, literally other than that Bucks game, he's played phenomenal throughout this bubble. Jalen Brown has played great. Uh, Tice has stepped up and played pretty well. Mark, Marcus Smart has played well. And yeah, love the Celtics team. I think they're going to win this series. I think it'll be much closer in the other games. The Celtics just got ahead, and the Raptors could really never catch up. They could never go on that big run uh, to make it a close game. But I definitely expect it to be closer. But I still have the Celtics team winning. I think they're a great team. I think the Raptors are a great team too, but I just think they match up perfectly. And I think uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kevin Walker are all going to have phenomenal series. Moving on to a very, very sad game for me. Definitely a switch of tone. Uh, we got Mavericks versus Clippers. Luka, my favorite player. I love Luka so much. He played absolutely phenomenal this game. 38 points, uh, 15 of 28, 4 of 9 from 3. Uh, got 9 rebounds, uh, got 9 assists. Just a phenomenal game. So impressive uh, to see from a 21-year-old. 
And this whole series really just proved uh, a lot of people wrong. Not not even wrong, just proved to people how good Luka is. Because a lot of people are like, uh, wait to see how he does in the playoffs. We need to put Luka in the upper echelon of players. In my opinion, he is one of the top eight, just off the top of my head, players in the entire world. He is better than Damian Lillard. He's better than Nikola Jokic. He's better than Joel Embiid. He's better than Russell Westbrook. He's better than Paul George. He is one of the best basketball players in the entire world. This man averaged a near 30-point triple-double and pushed a Clippers team that was many people's favorite team uh, favorites to win the championship without his second best player for a majority of the series in his second season. What we've seen from Luka Doncic this season is truly incredible. And I really hope this doesn't, uh, like, I hope it gets all the credit it needs. There, It's not an overreaction to say Luka is one of the best players in the league. I don't want to hear, oh, I need to see him win a playoff series first. He easily could have won this uh, series if he had a second best player without his second best player he pushed uh, I think they may even be the Vegas odds uh, leaders for the championship to six games and they were a close six games Uh, they were down at by 20 at one point and he pulled them back it's just a truly legendary season from Luka Doncic an incredible performance in every single game almost in this uh, playoff run he really proved to me that he's a superstar uh, I would trust him to lead my team to the, uh, the championship and I think he's the greatest 21 year old ever I think we're witnessing what is going to be barring uh, no injuries a future top 10 player of all time maybe even a future top five player of all time Luca just played incredible this whole season proved he can be a playoff player uh, against one of the best wing defenses in the entire league and just proved that he is not to play with. He's going to be amazing in this league for so many years. He's already so amazing. There's not, nowhere to go but up from here. He still has room to grow, which is insane. And the fact that a 21-year-old is one of the 10 best players in the whole world is absolutely incredible. Shout out to Luka Doncic. A great season, a great playoffs, a great bubble as a whole. And there's so much to look forward to. If you're a Mavs fan, you should be so happy. Uh, you should just be happy with this whole season. You outperformed so many people's expectations. Many people just had the Mavericks being a team that would sneak into the playoffs at around uh, the eighth seed. But they were firm in that seventh seed uh, with both Luka and Porzingis missing some time during the season, uh, with them having some injuries. I think a lot of people are even forgetting that they're missing two key rotation player, players uh, in Jalen Brunson. Uh, they just played so well this whole playoffs. They got so much to look forward to. And yeah, this Mavericks team is uh, going to be one of the best teams of the 2020s. Uh they have a ton of cap space in the 2021 offseason, which is going to be phenomenal. They'll have a player like Jalen Brunson, Dwight Powell coming back. Uh, hopefully, Dwight Powell will be healthy off that Achilles injury because he was a big rotation player. They got great shooters like Seth Curry. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is improving uh, every year as a shooter. Great defender. Tim Hardaway Jr. had a very good season. Definitely struggled in this last game, but overall was very good in the playoffs. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. I think he has a player option this year. 
I, uh, I think he'll definitely accept it just with the climate that's going on right now with us being uh, unaware of what the cap's going to be. I think the smart decision is for him to just accept it. And, yeah, I think as long as this team stays healthy, I really hope uh, Porzingis gets a speedy recovery. And I think this team is going to be a championship contender sooner rather than later. Uh, moving on to the Clippers side, Kawhi Leonard continues to be absolutely phenomenal. He's just unstoppable from the mid-range. He gets to the basket at a crazy rate. He's so strong. Uh, so just, he's just a killer out there, man. You really just can't stop him. 33 points on over 60% from the field, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, got 5 steals. They were doubling him, and he was making a lot of very good passes. He was playing phenomenal defense. Uh, Paul George had another rough game, which is a little scary. He was looking good at the beginning, but 6 of 19, 2 of 7 from 3. We saw another playoff P game, so you really want to see him play better on a consistent basis because he's had some very good games and then plenty of very bad games. Uh, Reggie Jackson has been very good for this Clippers team, uh, especially in the absence of Patrick Beverly, four of seven from three. He's been huge for them. Uh, this team just played very well this game. Uh, they kind of dared anyone but Luka to beat them, and it just really didn't work. Uh, they shot 38% from three. Their three-point shooting has been really impressive this whole playoffs. Landry Shama is playing pretty well. Uh, Avika Zubak was uh, taking advantage whenever they were doubling uh, Kawhi. He was finishing strong at the rim, uh, playing some solid defense. Uh, I definitely want to talk about Marcus Morris. Uh, Marcus Morris, you need to stop being such a dirty player. Uh, what you did to Luca was absolutely disgusting. After the play was over, grabbing him in the head, you already stepped on his ankle on purpose, which you tried to uh, make it look like it's some, it was something it wasn't, that people were blowing it out of proportion. But people weren't. You're a dirty player who uh, I didn't even like, and he was on my own team as a Celtics fan. You uh, hit Justin Anderson in the head with the ball earlier in the season. Uh, you've looked like you've tried to hurt Luca multiple times. You're the reason Porzingis got injured because for no reason after the play was over, you grabbed Luca, and it. Many people could argue that you were trying to hurt him. I'm sick of this nonsense. Uh, it definitely should be under review what what he's been doing because it's unsafe uh, to have a player out there who looks like he's trying to hurt people, and he definitely deserved to be ejected. Uh, there was no. Nothing else they could do. He deserved that flagrant two. Deserved to be just ejected. Uh, you can't hit someone in the head when the play is already over. You can't step on someone's ankle uh, and then say it was an accident, especially when it's their hurt ankle. You can't uh, grab a player after the play. You can't hit someone in the head with the ball. He just does a lot of things. And he's always trying to be this enforcer, this tough guy. But to me, at least, it just comes off as super corny. And that he's trying to be something that he isn't. And it's really frustrating to watch. It's scary to watch, especially as a Luka fan. I was enraged by what he did right there. It was so frustrating to watch. Uh, and he's a talented player. So it's really just annoying uh, to see you. a player who's a good basketball player uh, just be so dirty. I want him to not be dirty because he was playing very well that game. He uh, The Clippers could have won by even more, but... He played dirty. He uh, got ejected. He got exactly what he deserved. Moving on, I want to talk a little bit about the Dallas Mavericks' future and what they can do to become true title contenders. Uh, they got a lot of interesting decisions that they can make coming forward. 
Uh, the Tim Hardaway Jr. thing I talked about a bit earlier. He's got a player option. I expect them to accept that. Uh, they got Luka Doncic still on his rookie uh, contract, which is one of the biggest bargains. Probably the biggest bargain in the entire league. And him being on that rookie contract definitely gives them a ton of flexibility. They don't really have a single uh, contract that just stands out as being bad on this team. Uh, Chris Dapps is uh, a little scary. You never know what's going to happen with his health. Uh, you're always going to be worried about a 7-3 guy's health, especially with the way he moves. You're always just going to be – it's always going to be a thing that you're going to worry about. I really hope he's healthy because he's going to be a big part in them uh, trying to make this championship run. Uh, they got great shooters off the bench. They're missing two key rotation guys again. Missing Jalen Brunson and missing Dwight Powell. What an incredible performance. Those guys should be back. Uh, I don't know what will happen with Dwight Powell because he's a big man that is – uh, very reliant on his athleticism, even though his skill continues to develop each season. Uh, he's shown the willingness to expand his range, uh, a very solid defender. But that Achilles tear is a dangerous injury, something you definitely don't want to play with. Uh, Jalen Brunson just had like a shoulder injury, so he should be back. A very solid uh, backup point guard, a nice creator. And the one thing that I do think the Mavericks need to really take that next step to be a true championship contender is just another uh, ball handler and another guy who can really create his own shot because uh, it's hard to have Luka just have the ball so much and have so much pressure on him to create basically every one of their shots, uh, whether he's creating his own shot or he's creating it for his teammates. You just want another guy that could help him be a little bit more off ball, maybe uh, help him be a more efficient uh, three-point shooter. A guy that I've talked about multiple times and just thought about multiple times about them getting, and I think it would be a dream fit. Especially, there's been some reports that uh, Victor Aldipo isn't very keen on re-signing with the Indian, uh, the Indiana Pacers. And if he's healthy, I think that'd be a phenomenal pickup for the Mavericks. Maybe they could get him for kind of cheap, considering, especially if he just goes like straight to the Pacers and is like, I'm not re-signing. Uh, I'm done with this. You guys aren't giving me the money I want. This just isn't the situation I want. So if they could get a player like him, that'd be so amazing. Because uh, Victor Oladipo, great defender. Luka is still improving as a defender. I think he's a little bit underrated on that end even. But he's uh, definitely still average to below average. And Victor Oladipo would be great help defensively. Would bring some more shot creating. And would just bring a different dynamic. Another guy that has been thrown out there and been talked about is Drew Holiday. Another guy I would love to see them pick up. He is a very good playmaker. We all know what he brings defensively. A very solid scorer, around a 20-point-per-game guy. Uh, and they could just do they could do a lot in next free agency or in this offseason if they want to make moves, uh, especially with all the cap they have. They have a crazy amount of cap uh, with T, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, being off the books, and they really don't have any bad contracts with Lucas still not getting his... Uh, max rookie extension that I'll get. Uh, they can really go after some superstars. There's been uh, guys talking about Giannis, which I don't even want to talk about because, like, I just don't see him doing that. I don't see him teaming up with another guy like Luka. But if he does, man, that would make arguably the greatest duo of all time. I don't even know if it would be arguable, actually. It, it would probably just be the greatest duo of all time and maybe even the greatest big three of all time as long as Porzingis could be healthy. Uh, that that would just be crazy to see that European team. But, again, they could sign a guy like Victor Oladipo. Uh, 
maybe even a guy like Kawhi or Paul George uh, will decline their option if things don't go well there. There's just so many things that they could potentially do in next offseason. Uh, it'll be so exciting to see Luka continue to get better. I think he'll be probably the best or very close to the best player in the NBA uh, pretty soon. And uh, they got a ton of flexibility. They got guys on this roster that I really like. I really like guys like Dorian Finney-Smith. I like guys like Maxi Kleber, even though he really struggled uh, in the playoffs, especially with the shooting. He actually played some very impressive defense whenever he was on Kawhi. Uh, I think he's a very solid player. Hopefully his three-point shot continues uh, to get worked on. The Mavs just have a ton of stretch bigs. They have a ton of people that fit perfectly next to Luka. They got a ton of shooters. And I just think the one last step for them to really become a true championship contender is just continued uh, improvement and health from Luka and Porzingis and then getting another guy who can create his own shot and another guy that could bring them some more playmaking and some more defense. They could definitely use some more defense for sure. But... I love this Mavericks team. I love their future. Uh, it's such a bright future ahead of them. And, yeah, uh, I love what I saw from them this season. I think they got such a bright future. I think they'll be a championship contender very, very soon. Uh, moving on, I want to talk about the Yannick Ngakwe trade. Uh, we got Yannick Ngakwe going to the Minnesota Vikings for a 2021 uh, second-round pick and a conditional 2022 fifth-round pick that could go as high as the third round. Uh, It would go as high as the third round if uh, Yannick Ngakwe uh, is a pro bowler and if they win the Super Bowl, it will be a fourth-rounder if he's a pro bowler. So I expect it to be a fourth-rounder or fifth. I don't know if he'll make the pro bowler, but very, very, very talented player. Yannick Ngakwe is one of the better uh, edge rushers in the league. Uh, He's paired up with another phenomenal edge rusher in Everson Griffin. Uh, They got Michael Pierce on the inside, very uh, good defensive tackle, and he's still young. Uh, He's had plenty of issues with the Jaguars. The Jaguars just aren't a very good team. Uh, He's wanted to get a long-term deal or to be out of there, and they weren't willing to give him a long-term deal. They tagged him, and he was definitely ready to get out of there. Uh, I was kind of surprised they didn't get more from him just because he's such a talented player who's still young. But they had uh, zero leverage in the situation for sure just because of everybody in the whole NFL was aware that Yannick Ngakwe did not want to be there at all. And I just think this is such a great move for the Vikings. They get a very talented uh, pass rusher, another one of them. Their defensive line is elite. Uh, they're... Overall defense could use some work. I mean, they got other talented players like Harrison Smith, one of, if not the best safeties uh, in the NFL. Uh, The cornerback position could definitely use some work with the falloff that has happened to Xavier Rhodes. But I think this Vikings team will be very good. They got a solid, stable quarterback in Kirk Cousins, even though a lot of people have uh, questioned his ability and have kind of hated on him. But I just think he's a solid quarterback. Nothing over the top, but a very good player. Uh, They got a great running back in Dalvin Cook. They got a pretty solid offense. It'll definitely take a hit with the loss of Stephon Diggs for sure. But they got uh, picks in the future. Uh, And then on the Jag size, they're just uh, stockpiling picks, really trying to get rid of everything. They've basically moved almost every good player that's 
uh, either didn't want to be there or is a bit older. Obviously, they moved Jalen Ramsey in a huge move that got them multiple picks. And they're just going in a full rebuilding direction. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they believe that Gardner Mishu can be their guy. I'm not 100% sure on it. They got some uh, pieces that I do like in like DJ Chark. Uh, Josh Allen uh, had an incredible rookie season. Is a very talented player. And... Uh, I think they're going to be bad for a while, but they do have stuff to look forward to. They have plenty of picks that they've stockpiled, and they just got to make the right picks, uh, develop players right, and hopefully get that franchise QB guy because that was the big issue, and that was the thing that really made that team fall apart. Uh, their defense was obviously so phenomenal. They were called Saxonville for a reason. They were a great defense, but they had Blake Bortles at the quarterback position, and that really couldn't get them over the hump. And even with such a bad quarterback like Blake Bortles, they were so good. So maybe they can build up a great defense again. Hopefully they can get their franchise guy if they don't think they already have him. And I like this move for both sides, even though I would have liked the Jaguars to get a little more. I think it's a great move for the Vikings, and the Jaguars are going in full rebuild mode, full rebuild mode, and just trying to get as many assets as as they can for the players that are still on the roster. And uh, they'll probably get the number one pick this year. They'll probably be the worst team, uh, for sure, in my opinion. Moving on, we're going to talk about some upcoming draft prospects in the NBA draft. So first, talking about Zeke. Uh, I'm just going to say Najee. I think that's how you uh, say it, spelled N-N-A-G-I. He is a 19-year-old, 6'11", 240-pound forward slash center who played at Arizona last year. He averaged 16.1 points, uh, 8.6 rebounds, and .8 assists on 57% from the field, uh, 29.4% from three, and 76% uh, from the free throw line. My strengths are that he's a very good offensive rebounder. He's a pretty mobile big. He sets a very good screen. He's good in the post. Uh, his footwork, very, very impressive in the post. He has a very nice-looking shot form, has the potential to be a stretch big one day, has good hands, good free-throw shooter for a big, uh, which shows that he can be a good shooter one day from the outside. Uh, he's good for a step, uh, very athletic, good energy player, good at getting to the free-throw line, and is uh, has a pretty uh, impressive ability on the defensive end at, at the perimeter for a big for sure. My weaknesses are that he's not a very explosive athlete, uh, not not the best jumper, not the best uh, pick-and-roll uh, lob catcher. The lack of explosiveness does struggle, uh, cause him to struggle as a shot blocker as well. Uh, not a very good shot blocker. Uh, he can have turnover problems sometimes. He needs to just continue to uh, expand his shooting range. In my opinion, I think uh, bigs that can't shoot, just aren't very valuable in the modern NBA, but he does have that potential to uh, to shoot. So he just needs to continue to work on that, continue to get more and more comfortable. Uh, his passing isn't really there. That's another thing that I really like personally uh, to have big men who can pass well. It's not necessarily uh, the most important thing, but that could definitely improve, and that would definitely add a nice uh, facet to his game. Uh, he needs to put on size for sure. Still a very uh, frail player. At 6'11", but only 240 pounds. Uh, his face-up game isn't really much. Yeah, he definitely could improve that. His upside uh, may be limited just because he isn't a great rim protector as a center, which is very important. And then he bites on fakes too much, often uh, putting him in bad positions to maybe get fouled or just uh, give up uh, an open layup. 
I rate him as a top 30 to 40 prospect. Uh, I'm fitting best with the Celtics because he could spend some time uh, in the G League developing his body, uh, being becoming more skilled, and he'd be a good energy guy off the bench in the future. Would be another guy like Robert Williams who could just play a decent amount of minutes, especially if he could be a stretch big. That'd be a nice uh, pick for the Celtics in the early second round. Uh, the Bucks they could definitely use more depth uh, for their bigs, and he could be another stretch big next to Giannis, which is obviously something they want. And, yeah, they definitely need more depth. They kind of got Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez. Uh, they got uh, Ersan Ilyasova, but that's kind of it. And my comparison for him is Tosh Gibson. Uh, definitely, obviously, has more size than him, but is a very similar player, in my opinion. Uh, just he fits that role of being a nice energy player. He could be like a fringe starter, but I think he'd be way better as just a nice energy player coming off the bench. Uh potentially being able to shoot, being a good post player, and uh, being just a nice nice athletic big. Moving on to the second scouting report, we got Daniel Oturo. Oturo? I don't know how to say that. Uh, he's a 21-year-old, 6'10", 240-pound uh, center out of Minnesota. He averaged 20.1 points, 11.3 rebounds, and 1.1 assists on 56% from the field. Uh, 56.3 to be exact, uh, 36.5% from three, and 70.7% from the free throw line. My strengths are that he has a great jump shot for him. He's a very good uh, mid-range shooter. He's a good three-point shooter for a big. He's a great offensive rebounder. Uh, he's definitely very fundamental on the boards, boxes out very well, amazing shot blocker, uh, very strong, sets good screens, uh, works well in the pick and roll, and can work in the pick and pop as well due to his uh, good mid-range and good three-point shooting. He's a solid enough post scorer. He's an elite finisher. He's got great hands, good length, and he's a nice hustle player. His playmaking definitely needs a ton of improvement, though. Uh, 1.1 assist and uh, 2.8 turnovers. You hate to see that. Uh, that's a really bad rate. Definitely struggled with those turnovers. The athleticism is a bit lackluster. He struggles to guard quicker uh, players. Uh, can be a liability while guarding in space sometimes. His athleticism uh, may limit his potential. And he just may struggle uh, transitioning to the NBA uh, due to that lack of athleticism. And may struggle to guard more athletic players. But the main thing, I just need to see that playmaking improve. Whenever he gets doubled, he just doesn't really seem to know what to do and turns over the ball way too often. Uh, I have him as a top 25 to 35 prospect. I have him fitting best uh, with the Raptors. They have a late first-round pick. They have multiple bigs as free agents. And then they have a phenomenal coaching staff and development staff that could hide his weaknesses, maximize his strength, and just develop him as, uh, develop him as a player. Uh, the Knicks, he could come in when Miss Mitchell Robinson is struggling with fouls, which he does quite often. Uh, he would add some nice spacing to their team, would add a nice different dynamic whenever uh, Mitchell Robinson is struggling with fouls, for sure. My comparison for him is a player who's currently on my Boston Celtics, Daniel Tice. I really like uh, Daniel Oturo, uh, Oturo. I don't know how to say that exactly. But he's just a nice energy player. I love his potential as a shooter. I always love to see bigs uh, do more than just uh, be a screen setter and rolling to the rim. But he is good at that. I like his uh, fundamentals on boxing out. I really like to see that well. Uh, and I just love the shooting. Shooting very uh, high upside there. 
already a good mid-range shooter. Uh, free throw shooting is decent, and then he's a good three-point shooter. So I like that a ton. I like this player a lot. I think he could be a nice rotation big uh, in the league for years to come. Uh, moving on to Kira Lewis. Uh, he's a 19-year-old, 6'3", 165-pound guard out of Alabama. He averaged 18.5 points, uh, 4.8 rebounds, and 5.2 assists on 59, uh, 45.9% from the field, 36.6% from three, and 80.2% from the line. My strengths are that he's very quick, blazing speed, uh, one of the fastest players, if not the fastest player in the entire draft. He's a decent finisher. He's a, a very good three-point shooter. He is a good shooter both off the catch and off the dribble. He has a quick release that he can get off with ease, can get around the sc- can get around a screen, and get a shot up very quickly. Uh, he's a solid free throw shooter. Uh, he's a good shot creator, very good ball handler. Uh, he takes good shots for the most part, solid passer, uh, good in the pick and roll, like I said, uh, can work as a passer and uh, as a scorer in the pick and roll. Really like to see that. And he shows some good effort on defense. But my weakness is he definitely needs to put on size badly. Uh, he can get bullied by bigger players uh, just due to that size. Even though he does show the effort on defense, uh, that size can just really limit him as a defender. Uh, his shooting can be streaky at times, even though he's a solid shooter. Uh, sometimes it can be a bit up and down. He struggles to sh- score in traffic. It's another just lack of size thing, in my opinion. Just needs to put on more strength so he can really go into people, either get fouled or finish through contact. Uh, he needs to limit his turnover. Sometimes he can be a bit too aggressive as a scorer and uh, can take some bad shots. And sometimes he gets uh, lost on on defense a bit too often. Don't like to see that. But I still like him a ton. Love his speed. Love his athleticism. And I have him as a top 15 to 25 prospect. Uh, I'm fitting best with the Magic. They need a scoring punch desperately. Uh, and he would add some much-needing shooting to that team. The 76ers, if they could trade up for him, I think that'd be a phenomenal pick for them. He'd be a great uh, burst of scoring and shooting off the bench, and maybe even as the starter for them if they want to keep running Ben Simmons at power forward. And my comparison for him is Dennis Schroeder. I really like Kira Lewis. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is another player, very fast, uh, can be a bit streaky as a three-point shooter, and I just think this... Uh, I just think this comparison is a really good one. Uh, I think it fits him very well, and I think he'll be a great player, just like Dennis Schroeder is. Dennis Schroeder is my sixth man of the year, and I expect him to win it. And I expect uh, Kira Lewis to be around uh, probably a maybe 17.5 to 20-ish point score, solid passer, and if he puts on size, a good enough defender. Moving on to... Uh, the fourth scouting report, we got Sadiq Bay. He's a 21-year-old, 6'8", 216-pound forward out of Villanova. He averaged 16 points, 4.7 rebounds, and 2.4 assists on 47.7% from the field, 45% from three, and 76.9% from the line. My strengths are that he has great size for a wing. Uh, he's a very good mid-range shooter, great three-point shooter, a good ball handler, good scorer off the dribble. He's great at moving off the ball. Definitely has a high basketball IQ. Uh, can have some point forward ability at times. Uh, very good in the post. Can take advantage of smaller players at times because he does have that size. Uh, he's very smart on defense. He uses his length to his advantage uh, to get into passing lanes and to contest shots very well. He's a high motor, and he's just overall very solid, smart player. I love Sadiq Bey as a prospect. Uh, his weaknesses, he can sometimes be too passive on offense. I'd love to see him be a bit more assertive 
and just be like, give me the ball, uh, let me score. Sometimes he can kind of just uh, fade away and just be there, which you don't want to see. Uh, his athleticism isn't great, doesn't really stand out. He has a bit of a lack of burst, which uh, can make it difficult for him to get to the rim. Definitely could be a bit stronger. Uh, isn't a great uh, defensive playmaker. He's a bit of an older player. His rebounding can improve. Uh, sometimes after being too passive, he can also just take some reckless shots, like when he's getting back into the swing of things and getting back into the game. And uh, he's one of the players that could be limited just due to that athleticism. But I still love Sadiq Bey. I think he's going to be a great player in the league. And I have him as a top 10 to 20 prospect. Uh, the Trailblazers, he would fit best. Uh, they need help at the wing a ton. They struggled defensively a lot this year, especially at the wing. That's the biggest issue. And I think he could help them win right now. Uh, the Mavericks, the depth at the wing could definitely improve. Uh, he just fits so perfectly with them. And he, they could use some more uh, second dairy ball handling, uh, some more playmaking, and some more shot creation. My comparison is prime Nicholas Batum. And while Nicholas Batum is kind of terrible now on one of the worst contracts in the league, he was a very, very good player in his prime. And also Chris Middleton. I really like Sadiq Bey as a prospect. I think he's going to be great in the league. I think he's one of the more underrated prospects. He's one of my favorite prospects in the entire draft. I really like Sadiq Bey. Moving on to the fifth scouting report, we got Tyler Bay. He's a 22-year-old, 6'7", 218-pound power forward. Uh, well, just forward out of Colorado. Uh, he averaged 13.8 points, 9 rebounds, and 1.5 assists on 53% from the field, 41.9% uh, from three, and 74.3% from the line. My strengths are that he's a very good rebounder, both on the offensive and defensive end. He's a great frame, uh, very good in transition, phenomenal defensive player, uh, very smart on that end, shows a ton of effort, shows a ton of heart, has good length, uh, he's great defensive in instincts. He's just a beast defensively. I love his def offensive upside and where it is already right now. He's a good athlete. He has a good shooting form. Uh, he's a good finisher, and he's a great defensive playmaker. Phenomenal at getting in the in those passing lanes, uh, getting steals, and then uh, getting out on the fast break. Uh, my weaknesses. He has a very poor handle, almost zero shot creating ability. He's taken a very low volume of uh, three-pointers, even though he, he's looked solid when he's taken them. Uh, he's a very baseline passing ability. It's not really something that stands out as super bad, but it's not also it's also not good. It's just kind of there. He needs to work on his post defense. He's a pretty old player, and he doesn't really have star upside, but I think he has phenomenal role player upside with that defense, uh, with that rebounding, and with that developing three-point shot. I'm fitting best with the Thunder. They could definitely uh, use help at the wing. Uh, they have ball handlers and playmakers that could around him that could hide his flaws. Uh, they have that three-guard lineup, so they definitely have plenty of uh, ball handling and playmaking. And I just think he'd make that defense very good uh, next to a guy like Chris Paul, Shea, uh, Steven Adams at center. That's just a very good defensive team. I like that fit a ton. Uh, if they had to trade up, I definitely would. I really like Tyler Bay. Uh, I have him, his comparison as a worse scoring uh, Sean Marion. I think that comparison is a very nice one. Uh, Sean Marion was a great player in his day. Uh, I have him, uh, my second comparison is Trevor Ariza. Uh, prime Trevor Ariza was a great 3 and D player. And then Matisse Thibel, uh, both very good defensive playmakers. Uh, both are 
still working on their three-point shot, but I like them both a ton. I And I think Tyler Bay could even be a better offensive player while still being uh, maybe not the level of defender that Matisse Thibel is because Matisse Thibel has been one of the greatest uh, defensive rookies of all time, uh, just on the wing especially. But I think he'll still be a great defender, and I really like Tyler Bay. I think he's going to be a very good 3-and-D player for years to come and a player that almost every team would want. Moving on to the last scouting report of the day, we got Aaron Nesmith. Uh, he's a 20-year-old, 6'6", 213-pound uh, forward out of Vanderbilt. He averaged 23 points, uh, 4.9 rebounds, and 0.9 assists on 51.2% from the field, 52.2% from three, and 82.5% from the line. My strengths are that he's a very good free-throw shooter, amazing three-point shooter. The form is phenomenal. Uh, no problems with that. He has an elite ability to move off the ball, which I think is something that is very slept on and is very important, especially as a shooter. Just being able to uh, finesse your way to run around those screens is something that is very important and can make him uh, way better as a shooter for sure, just his elite ability to move off the ball. He has good size. Uh, he's uh, pretty creative when finishing around the basket. He's a decent defender. He's pretty smart on that end. Uh, he's a good shoot shooter off the dribble. Uh, nothing great, but pretty solid. Uh, he's a, a very smart team defender. Uh, shows uh, good rotations. Has a very NBA-ready game. Every team could use such a great shooter like him, who also uh, competes on the defensive end. He's a, just a very efficient player overall. He showed a ton of improvement from his first year, which you always love to see. Uh, he isn't a very good passer, though. He only kind of makes the basic reads, nothing that stands out. His ball handling could definitely use improvement. Uh, would definitely need to become better if he wants to be an elite scorer. He's not great at creating uh, shots for himself just due to that ball handling not being great. Uh, he's a pretty average athlete, and that lack of uh, great athleticism limits his driving ability because he can't really get blown by. Uh, he can't really blow by defenders, and he may get blown by when facing better athletes. His defensive Footwork uh, can be sloppy at times for sure. He needs some work. Sometimes he has a tendency to cross his feet, which you never like to see. And he isn't great at finishing in traffic. His touch while finishing uh, can improve. And he did have a foot injury that caused him to miss a good amount of time. So it is a bit of a limited uh, sample size for him. But I still rate him as a top 10 to 20 prospect. Uh, I've been fitting best with the Blazers. Would be an insane shooter for them. Uh, line up with like uh, Dame, Gary Trent. And him would be insane. Uh, he had his great ball handlers next to him that would utilize his great shooting off the ball. And I think he'd be a solid enough defender for him. Uh, the Mavericks, man, just imagine Aaron Nesmith running off the ball with Luka with the ball in his hands. That would be such a perfect player for the Mavericks. If I'm the Mavericks, I'm trying to trade up to get him because he's probably going to be uh, drafted before your pick. So I'd do as much as I could to trade up for him. I think he'd be an immediate impact, help their team, and bring some insane shooting. Just the perfect player next to Luka. Such a great player next to Luka. Uh, the Magic, they def desperately need shooting, He and he could be a great uh, replacement to Evan Fournier if he leaves. My comparison is uh, Buddy Heald with a bit of Chris Middleton in there. I think uh, Chris Middleton is more on the defensive end and him not being a great shot creator but being a decent one. And then Buddy Heald is just the elite shooting, the ability to move off the ball. I love Aaron Esmith as a prospect. I think he's going to be phenomenal in the league. Just that shooting is something that literally every team can use. Uh, we saw with a player like Duncan Robinson, he can be 
in my opinion, he can be Duncan Robinson, but with a better ability to create a shot and then a better ability on the defensive end, which makes him an incredible player. Uh, I really hope you guys did enjoy this episode. Uh, if you did, make sure to leave it a like if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, make sure to download on all audio, audio platforms. I hope you enjoyed. I'm going to try and continue to be uh, consistent as my soccer season is starting, as school is starting. But I'll always keep you guys updated on Instagram. Hope you enjoyed. Have a good day. Uh, goodbye.